Will the Packers beat the Lions on Sunday night? Who will they play if they do? Is Zach Tom going to start at right tackle? Could we see Keyshawn Nixon? Plus, many more questions on a Locked On Packers mailbag edition. It starts right now. You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. As I mentioned, we've got a mailbag edition of Locked On Packers, which is always exciting. I love getting your questions. And I want to start with this one because it is fascinating to me. And and I was going to do a bit of an open on this. And then I didn't have to because J.D. O'Halloran on Twitter decided to ask me the question. And we're going to talk plenty of Lions. But I I was, again, I was going to open the show talking about this anyway because I wanted to frame the Lions game and this playoff push through this lens anyway. His question is, hope I'm not too late. Has Rodgers done enough to warrant the team not trying to trade him for whatever value is left? Has Jordan Love shown enough to warrant the team picking up the option or trusted with the starting job? Is Rodgers play the determining factor in this choice? The last question is the one I am most interested in because this run has not been caused by Aaron Rodgers playing so much better. And I went back and looked up the numbers. On the season, Aaron Rodgers is 20th in EPA per play, below average. 21st in success rate, below average. And 18th in completion percentage, above expectation. Now, he played half the season with a broken thumb. He played parts of the season without multiple members of his offensive line. He played parts of the season without any dynamic receivers when Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson were both injured and Sammy Watkins did not work out the way that the Packers thought it would. There are mitigating circumstances and there've been all these great articles written about how it's really terrific that this isn't like 2016, that he doesn't have to go full superhero to make this offense work and for this team to win games. And Aaron Rodgers even thinks that that's good. But they're paying him to be a superhero. They're paying him to be a superhero. And he's giving them right now this season with all whatever the circumstances are, right? Middling production. If you go back and look at these four games that the Packers have won, I think you could make a very reasonable case that Jordan Love could have given them the same in all of those games, and they could have won all of those games with Jordan Love. And I think if you go back to early in the season, there are some games where you could go, "Mm, if Jordan Love plays, they might win this game because Rodgers doesn't look right. 
And especially in that post-thumb injury world, there were some games where he played pretty bad. Like they win the Lions game if Jordan Love is the quarterback because Jordan Love does not throw three interceptions in the red zone in that game. I just, I, I don't believe that. I think they probably run the ball more in those situations. They kick field goals. They're not as aggressive on fourth down. Like there are other reasons, but they probably win that game. So that brings me to this moment with the Packers. In order to beat the Lions, they may be able to continue to get this level of play from Aaron Rodgers. I think this defense can play well enough. This team on the road has not been the same. I think their run offense is overrated. I I had a little screed about this on Twitter. You know, I was listening to a couple podcasts, people that I think are really smart, that really know their stuff. And they're like, oh, the Lions rush offense is awesome. No, they're not. No, they're not. By every statistical measure, they are mediocre. And in a lot of cases, like below average, like 18th. And it's it's like I, I don't I don't quite understand how we got to that place. I think the Packers defense can play well enough because their rushing offense against the um the Lions rushing defense is a bigger advantage than the other way around. The Lions are 15th in DVOA, 20th in EPA per rush, and 18th in success rate. That is a an average run game. But it seems great because everyone loves DeAndre Swift as a talent, even though he's never on the field and never healthy. And everyone loves Jamal Williams because everyone loves Jamal Williams. Of course, how can you not love Jamal Williams? And, and all he does is score touchdowns. He's been a fantasy killer this year. But this run game is not very good. It's not very bad, but it's not very good. The Packers running offense is very good. Top 10 in every metric. And the Lions offense is more consistent throwing the ball than the Packers offense. That's that's like obvious. Jared Goff has, I'm sorry to tell you, played better than Aaron Rodgers this season, given what each has been asked to do. And I, I look at this and I go, okay, but the Packers passing defense is their strength. The Lions passing defense still stinks. So they can't get stops on the run. They can't get stops through the air. The Packers can do one of those things and their run game is better. I think the Packers are going to win this game. But if you want to beat San Francisco, if you want to beat Philadelphia, if you want to beat Dallas again, you want to go beat Minnesota again, you you can't rely on Keyshawn Nixon and a bunch of turnovers to do that. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be Aaron Rodgers here at some point. And so this is why the answer to the question is Aaron Rodgers' play is going to decide it. If he continues to be the guy that we've seen all year, then I think it becomes easy for the Packers to justify moving on precisely because I don't think it will be good enough to do anything in the postseason. It might not even be good enough to win this game on Sunday night. But if Aaron Rodgers does go 2016 Aaron Rodgers and they beat the crap out of the out of the, the Lions and they go upset the 49ers in the first round and they make some surprise run to the NFC Championship game, like I think even the NFC Championship game, not even the Super Bowl, with this team is enough to say because I think it would take a monumental effort from Aaron Rodgers would be enough to say, yes, this works. This team is finally hitting its stride. They're back on track. Everything is working. And this is what this team can be. And if not, that's when you start to say, okay, what is the situation with Jordan Love? And that starts this weekend. That's the reason I'm bringing this up because it starts this weekend. Rodgers has to be better than he's been. He has to be better than 20th in EPA per play. He has to be better than frankly, like 10th or 12th, he's got to be fifth. Like, okay, not Patrick Mahomes, 
Not Josh Allen, not Joe Burrow. Okay, maybe that's fine. Maybe not even Justin Herbert. You got to be right in that next group. You got to be right in that next group or you probably can't win the Super Bowl and that's what this team is playing for. So speaking of that, we get this question from Alyssa. Alyssa says, do you think the Packers will make the playoffs? I do. And who do you think the Packers will play in the playoffs if they win against the Lions? So the most likely by far scenario is the 49ers. And for a lot of reasons, uh, I understand Packer fans not being thrilled about that. This is, I think, the best team right now in the NFC, given the questions with Philadelphia. I know that the, the 49ers did not play great last week. Their, their, their best was not needed. They did not give it. I understand. There's a little bit of human nature. They will be amped up to play Green Bay if that is, in fact, the matchup. We know D'Amico Ryans can, can give Matt LaFleur a noogie. Matt LaFleur is going to have to have one of his best games as a coach. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to have his one of his best playoff games probably since 2016, maybe since the Seahawks game. I think you could probably go with that one. He managed the game really well against the Rams in 2020, but did not play great especially for a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's going to have to be an outlier performance for them, but that's good because outliers for them mean winning lately, winning in big spots. And if this defense plays like it did against San Francisco last year, yeah, they absolutely can win. And then who knows? Then who knows? It's probably going to be Philly or whoever the one seed is. Now, there is a scenario where the Eagles lose on Sunday and the 49ers are the one seed and you you go to Philly with a banged up Jalen Hurts. That might be a matchup that intrigues the Packers because this defense is playing so much better than they were then. And this Philly team is a little out of sorts. So... Like maybe maybe it's two teams. You're you're catching the the trajectories at the right time, where actually one is going down and one is coming up. That's if you're looking at on YouTube. It's I'm trying to do it. Here we go. And so that's a potentially juicy matchup for the Packers. Anything but the 49ers, I think, is where the Packers are in terms of juicy matchups. But they they have a shot. They do have a shot to win one of these games. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's not something where you have to compete against a, a, a thousand entries and you have to be in the top 1% to win money. No, no. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is beat the number that Prize Picks sets for the player. Aaron Rodgers passing yards, Aaron Jones rushing yards. Put those together. You've got a lineup. That's it. Over passing yards and, and fewer rushing yards. You can do that. That's a lineup. It's that easy. And you can win up to 10 times your money with these lineups. You just have to be right on what prize picks projection. It is that easy. So not just NFL because the NFL is going to be over in a couple weeks. I know it's sorry. I'm sorry. It's sad for me too. They still have NBA, baseball, pitchers and catchers report. Someone, someone knows off the top of their head when the pitchers and catchers report. It's it's pretty soon. It always feels sooner than it should be. That Every sport you can think of, you can make a prize picks lineup for. It's really a fun time. And when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 100% deposit 
bonus match up to $100. You put in money, use that promo code, they will match it up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Subscribe to Locked On NFL and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, some more of your questions here. Um, I, I, let's let's do this question because I, I want to address Demar Hamlin. We've we've done it a couple times this season. Um, sorry, this week we got some good news with Demar Hamlin. He seems he's alert. Seems to be neurologically intact, according to the doctors. Um, is is breathing better on his own, and and they're going to play these games. There's going to be a lot of craziness in the AFC playoff picture. I don't want to dig into all of that because it doesn't affect the Packers. Um, there was some some speculation that they were going to expand the whole playoff field just to make this more equitable, make it eight and move things around and maybe give out two first round buys. Who knows? They didn't do that. Jacob asked this question on Twitter. Do you think the DeMar Hamlin situation will change how Rodgers or other older veteran players contemplate their future? I know it's a freak accident, but everyone in the league is one hit away from ending their career. So the reason I wanted to to bring this up is not just because the DeMar Hamlin news I think is worth worth giving if you hadn't heard it. But this is going to change the way I watch football this weekend. The first time someone gets hit and goes down, I'm going to hold my breath a little longer than I would have. Understanding that that this is part of the game, and I, I thought James Jones did a really great job on on um, Up and Adams with our pal Kay Adams. She, he was like, "I never walked onto a football field thinking I could die." And his mom called him and said, "You know, I loved every minute of watching you play, but I am so glad I don't miss it, and I'm so glad you're not playing anymore." That th- those are powerful words. And I do, I do wonder how it will affect the way that players play. Play this, not, forget retire. Play this week. I think by the time the playoff rolls around, like the the fog and and the the emotion of this week will be compartmentalized. Professional athletes have to be great at compartmentalizing. That's just the nature of the job. And so by the time the playoff rolls around, it will be tunnel vision on that. I think this week will feel different. Now, as far as futures, I mean, I definitely could see, I mean, I think there is no way to look at what we've seen over the last five to 10 years with early retirements, guys like Joe Thomas stepping away before they, they you know, might otherwise, or, or Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, some of these guys calling it a career before they would have 10, 15, 20 years ago precisely because of the science that we know around head injuries now and the risk of multiple concussions. TJ Lang essentially had to retire because of multiple concussions. Who knows? Tua Tungabailoa might retire because of multiple concussions. That's at least a discussion being had right now. I think these moments make everyone look around and go, this could all be over. And do I really, how many more years of this do I want to subject my body to? How many more years of this do I want to risk everything? Those questions will get more real for, for players the same way they did when concussions became uh, something that we talked about and we had better science on over the course of the last 15 years. We know this was a freak, freak thing. 
But are there ways to prevent it? Are there equipment measures that can be taken? These are questions that I think are going to be asked. And, and unless and until they have good answers, I, I do think they will be taken into consideration when players decide, do I want to keep playing? YM on Twitter says, might we get a Nixon package versus Detroit? How about they send him one way and Watson the other in motion? Let's go. Okay. Aside from the fact that technically that's illegal motion, um, <laughs> I I think that we might see it. I really do. Like, I think that there's a chance we get a Keyshawn Nixon package or that they are they are mulling one or that they are thinking playoffs, that kind of thing. But there's no there's no saving any bullets in the holster. This is this is it's all got to come out right now. And I think, frankly, I think you're going to see that from the Packers. I think I think you're going to see something It may just be one play. But whether it's this week or next week, I'm telling you, they're going to do it. They've already done it. They did it with Tyler Irvin when he looked like a, a, a mildly competent punt returner. And he was more than that. But but all that that's all they needed. A mildly competent punt returner. When he looked like a little bit more than that, they decided to make a whole package for him in the Seahawks game. Now, they had a bye week to prepare for all that. But they've seen now over the course of the last month how explosive he is. If they're not thinking about it, they should be. They're not doing their jobs if they're not thinking about it. Because this offense needs some explosiveness. They need some playmakers. Romeo Dobbs has not assimilated well back into this offense now that it's Christian Watson's offense. Christian Watson has not been as explosive over the last, let's say, two weeks. So where are the answers? Can you create some? Can you, you know, if you don't have to use Christian Watson as the motion man, what does that open up for you elsewhere if you have a motion man that you can actually threaten defenses with? When it's Samori Toure, it doesn't have the same sort of impact. Even when it's Randall Cobb, it doesn't have the same sort of impact because he's just not the dynamic playmaker that someone like Keyshawn Nixon is. If you put him in there, if you put Nixon in there, defenses are going to be on high alert that some, some wonky stuff is happening. Some weird stuff is going on. That's good. You want the defense thinking that, oh my God, what is this? We don't know what we're doing. There's something special going to be happening here. There's, there's a weird something. I think we're going to see it. All right. Uh, this question from Lou. Has Joe Barry done enough to save his job? Well, you can go read about this at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Jason Hirshhorn wrote about it earlier in the week. I also wrote a little bit about Joe Barry this week. And if the season ended today, meaning if they didn't play the Lions, I think he's done enough because the last four weeks, as I mentioned, it's not been driven by Aaron Rodgers. It's been driven by their defense and their run game and their, spe- and, and their special teams. Seriously. It's been driven by their special teams and their defense in the run game. And so they finally found the pieces that have worked. And as I mentioned earlier, and, and after I talked about it on Lockdown Packers, Derek Herrer, um, the, the day that my show came out, his tweets, as is often the case for me, and a lot of you have noticed that if I tweet something, I'm often telegraphing a, a, a Locked on Packers segment or a, or a Leap article because I'm doing research. I'm seeing something interesting. I tweet it out. And it's all in prep for this thing that I'm working on. Well, that was what happened with Derry. And he had this big piece on the changes Joe Barry had made and included some of the, the numbers that I referenced in the tweet. And so if you haven't read that, go read it. It's really good. Um, 
The changes are real. I made the joke on Twitter that they're real and they're spectacular. Um, and if you know, you know. And so I don't think that that's in concrete right now. I don't think you can you can write it in stone or even in, you know, like semi-permanent ink. Because if the Packers give up 45 on Sunday and lose, you probably need to make a change. If the Packers give up, you know, 200 yards on the ground to the 49ers and lose, 35 to 28 or something, you might have to make a move. Now, the, the, the Joe Barry prior confirmers, and I think reasonable people would say, well, if they're just one bad game away from being fired, then you should just fire them. But I don't, I don't think it's that easy. Because let's say they go and they do the thing that they did the last time out and they hold the Lions to like 15 or 17, even 20. That's a good defensive performance. And then that means a third of the season. The most important third of the season, they were really good. And the defense got them into the postseason. That probably earns you the benefit of the doubt to come back with these players, with Rashawn Gary back, with another offseason with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt and Big Daddy TJ Slayton, who all of a sudden looks like a big time player. Or, but he, well, he had a big time game on Sunday, but he, this is this is Matt LaFleur's point when he said, once you put it on tape, that's the standard. If he can do that, not even consistently, like once every three games, and Jaron Reed can do that, and Devontae Wyatt can do that, Kenny Clark, we know can do that. Kingsley Anibari just to quiet another four or five pressure game every week, it seems. This defense, I think, has the makings of something that even under Joe Barry, if you want to frame it that way, can work. I like some of this cover two stuff because it's press, but it's still the, the too high. It's not exposing yourself in man coverage. It just still allows you to be to, to disguise. It still allows you to play the cover six and the quarters and and eight and all the, the interesting things you want to do. But it also, and this is important, ties in. Like if they're going to play 20% of snaps in cover two, Joe Barry's a cover two coach. He grew up in the Tampa two. He knows that defense. This is not, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to steal everything from Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley. No, he knows cover two. Now the quarter stuff, that's a little bit more, you know, new age by Joe Barry standards. But that's that's been working. And get it and letting your corners play squat and press. Like that's that's what they're good at. Let them read the eyes of the quarterback. I really like the shape of this defense right now. I really like the approach of this defense right now. And that's the first time I've been able to say that in a long time for the Packers. I think that since the end of the 2020 season, when Mike Patton was playing Darnell Savage in that robber role, they still couldn't fit the run. This defense is doing better with that. So that's just eh, something to keep in mind. I think, I think they're I think Joe Barry is coming back. And I think right now, I think that's the right call. All right, we're going to finish up here. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season, uh, basketball, World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find them there, Bet Online. And they always have the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen. 
For your second listen, check out Locked on NFL, bringing you local insights to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the NFL's stories of the day. Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, I want to finish up here uh, with a couple other questions. Let's see. Um, Spencer Sanders says, with the regular season almost over, what would you rate the 2022 Packers draft? Well, uh, it's an A. And that's with Sean Ryan suspended and didn't play all year. It's with Quay Walker roller coaster season, Devontae Wyatt not really playing that much. But Christian Watson is a star. And Romeo Dobbs looks like he has the potential to be a very good secondary receiver. And Zach Tom looks like a starting caliber NFL offensive tackle, especially in pass protection. Kingsley Anigbare looks like a real bona fide, you know, maybe he's feeling his third pass rusher. That's really useful. Tariq Carpenter has become a special teams ace. So that means without getting anything out of your third round pick, without getting much out of one of your two first round picks and, and your other first round pick having an up and down season, although lately he's been much more up, leads rookie linebackers and safeties in passer rating when targeted this season. He's figuring out where to be and run support. He's getting off blocks a little bit better, playing faster. And I think playing on the edge a little bit has helped him because he's he's not having to read and react so much. He's just there. He's in the mix. Let me get off a block and get to the ball carrier. See ball, hit ball. A, he's a run and chase linebacker. So when he gets to run and chase, man, he looks pretty good, huh? This draft right now is an A. Now, I don't like to draft, I don't like to grade classes so quickly. You need to wait three years. But the fact that so many of these guys look look good right now, Zach Tom, Christian Watson, you know, for sure. And then these other guys look like they have the potential to be really good players. That's a that's a great class. Um, we did get a question on from Andy. Um, is is Tom a better right tackle than Yash? And if so, would you start him or keep them on the be- keep him on the bench so he can fill in at any position if need be without a reshuffle? <sighs> if Yash Nyman is healthy, you play Yash. He's the veteran. He's been in these games. I think he's earned that right. But they made the decision last week that 85%, 80% of Yash Nyman is not as good as Zach Tom. And so maybe that means just Zach Tom's your guy. I think think Yash has been better in the run game, more consistent in the run game, but he's not been as good in pass protection as as Zach Tom is. So it's a a really interesting interesting question and I don't have a great answer for it. Um, Okay, let's finish on a, a silly one here from our buddy Jason. Um, who I met for the first time um, recently, a uh, really nice guy. We had some drinks in Phoenix with uh, with Monty and uh, had, a, had a nice time. Who you might know is, what, what is it, Ferd Turgeson on, on Twitter? <laughs> he says, cheese curds, breaded or naked, worse Vikings fans or Bears fans, favorite Rogers hair. Okay, the first answer on cheese curds is um, battered is actually the best cheese curd. Um, preferably beer battered sazes really good. The old fashioned in Madison, really good. There are a lot of places that have really good cheese curds. I battered is the best version of them, but they're all good. There's no bad version of a cheese curd. Um, worst fans, Vikings or bears fans. So, um, bears fans are more delusional about their team. Every year they talk themselves into this team being the best, um, Viking fans, uh, cry more. So, Worse, it depends on your definition of worse. Like the Vikings fans are still crying about the cleats, even though their coaches told them 
wear the longer cleats and wear the wear the shoes with more of the spikes. And they were like, nah, fam. So what are you crying about? I mean, this, you know, to be fair, this is also the same fan base that um, has pictures of Anthony Barr breaking Aaron Rodgers collarbone as their avatars. They put that in a in a season highlight video. But also Bears fans had Khalil Mack, you know, on top of Aaron Rodgers as their like phone backgrounds and avatars. And that's a game that the Bears lost. So I think the Bears are the Bears fans are a little bit more pathetic. Vikings fans are more annoying, cry more. And I, I think generally are just sort of more vicious. They're both lame. Uh, favorite Rogers hair. That's a tough one. Um, hmm. You know, I, I can tell you my least favorite Rogers hair was the hair that he had most of this season. The shaved on the side and then the slicked back. I thought that was absolutely dreadful. Um, I liked I liked long haired Rogers when he was younger. This this latest version, the 2021 hair, I did not love. I kind of like what he's what he's got right now. Um, because that was what he had for a lot of sort of the, the middle of his career. He did the spiky up gel harder, you know, LA looks gel thing for a little while. Didn't love that. That was his cow look. I think right now is sort of the the one that most fits. When I think of Aaron Rodgers, like this is the hair that I think of him having. This is the hard-hitting analysis you get on Locked on Packers and only Locked on Packers. Thanks to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, really appreciate it. We will be live Sunday night after the game. Um, my, my score prediction was, I think, 27-21. I think there's a chance that this, this is a two-touchdown game. I think, the, I think the Packers win. I don't think it's going to be easy. But I, I think if the defense plays to its potential, I think the Packers can can win relatively comfortably. Relatively comfortably. It's still going to be stressful. We will be live after the game on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, you can do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page to stay Locked on Packers.